Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm so excited that you joined us. You know, last week I began to answer a tough question. We talked about healing. Is healing for today? If so, who decides who gets healed? And we understood that truth is healing is for today and God has given healing to everyone. But then that brings up another question that I want to discuss today. The question would be, if God really is is providing healing for everyone, why is it that I haven't received my healing? Or why is it that I have a loved one who, who didn't receive their healing? Tough question. We're going to find a biblical answer. Don't go anywhere. I'm so glad you tuned in. You know, last week we we really answered some some difficult thinking there. You know, is is healing for today? And if you if you missed that, I'm not going to go through all the groundwork again. Go back and watch last week's episode. But basically, we understood from Psalms 103, where the Bible says, "To bless the Lord on my soul, forget not all of His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and heal all thy diseases." That was the scripture. I'm going to be honest with you. I'll never forget when I was in Bible school. And I had grown up in a full gospel church. I believed in the Holy Spirit. I believed in healing. But I'm not really sure it was settled in my mind that God would heal everyone. I don't know if it's something I had really delved into. Um, but I would say probably most of my thinking was probably God probably heals some and doesn't heal others because I knew people who didn't receive healing. And I remember sitting in class and hearing somebody read that scripture and say, Now I want you to see that. See right here in the scripture? This is a messianic prophecy about what Jesus Christ was going to do on the cross. And on the scripture, he says, on the cross, at that moment, he forgives all iniquities. We know that's the, that's the one place in, in the timeline of humanity where all iniquities were forgiven. And it says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. They said, see right there, at the work of the cross, you can't divide the two. They are one and the same. Because the truth is, sickness, man, there was no sickness in mankind until there was sin. Sickness is just the fruit of the root issue, which is sin. So when Jesus Christ makes you whole on the inside, you're no longer sinful. Some people don't even believe that, but you need to settle that. Some people say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I am not a sinner saved by grace. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because I have made him Lord of my life. Now because of that, the root on the inside, the core of who I am has been transformed. I am now in Christ a new creation. So I'm not just a sinner saved by grace. I am who Jesus Christ has made me to be. So when he changed the root, when you change the root, you get different fruit. The fruit of sin was sickness. In fact, he told Adam and Eve, the day that you partake of the fruit, you will surely die. They didn't die physically that day. They did die spiritually that day, which will eventually lead to a physical death because sickness will begin to reign in them. In fact, when we get our glorified bodies, we shed this off. You know, we're going going to be in a position in in, in glory where we're going to live forever. And there won't be sickness or disease any longer. That's a kingdom reality. The truth is, though, as a born-again believer, I still walk in the kingdom right now where I am. So people begin to ask the question, well, okay, so if you're saying that healing is for today, and like I said, go back and watch that podcast because I gave plenty of scripture to back that up, then why is it that I haven't received my healing? Why is it I'm still struggling in different areas? Well, that's a very good question, and I want to answer that because the answer to that question is going to give you hope. See, a lot of people want to make themselves feel better by saying, well, it must not be God's will for me to be healed. See, 
some people will say, well, God's not a healer. I mean, there are those who have just reasoned out altogether, God doesn't heal anymore. Then there are those who say, well, God can heal, but it's sparingly when he does. And then there are those who've gone a little further and they say, well, God can heal. And I believe that God has the power to heal, but really in the back of their mind, it's not can God heal, but it's will God heal. And then it becomes really personal. Will God heal me? I may even believe that God will heal, but I may believe there's something about me that's wrong. So what we love to do as human beings is we love to make ourselves feel better by saying, well, if I'm not walking in healing, it must not be God's will. Well, in our last podcast, we settled that it's God's will because it's a work of salvation. It's, it's, it's part of the, the work, redemptive work of the cross. You can't pick and choose what you're going to receive. People have been doing that with the Word of God forever. Saying, well, I like this aspect of God, but I don't like that aspect of God. It's like they're ripping out pages of the Bible. You can't rip out pages of God's redemptive work and say, well, this this is for everyone, but this may not be for everyone. You either get all of it or none of it. That's the truth. So you have to settle that in your heart and your mind right now. Settle in, in your heart that it's God's will. So people that are trying to say, well, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe God can heal but maybe he won't heal. Maybe he picks and chooses. Maybe this person is sick for a reason. This person is healed for a reason. We discovered that in the last one. God's a good God. He doesn't do that type of thing. The truth is, when you believe that God may not want you to be healed, and you say, well, maybe I'm not walking in it because it's not God's will for me to have that, really what you're doing is you are, you are, you are accepting a work of hell, and this is an assault on the character of who God is. It's an assault on the character of who God is. You, we, you got to understand that. The enemy, the enemy wants you to think that way because as long as you can think that way, he, he can push you into that category. God's not a God who, who, who heals some and doesn't heal others. They, make, they may think, people think this is comforting to me, you know. This makes me feel better, you know, to think that maybe God might heal, maybe God might not heal. No, it's not maybe God might heal, maybe God not, 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 not heal. God has already healed. The truth is, human beings, understand this, human beings are notorious for dumping blame and responsibility on others. People say, well, my problems, they're because of my family or because of this or that. It's not my issue, it's somebody else's problem. We are notorious for that. And people make themselves feel better because bad things happen. I mean, we live in the reason, listen, why do bad things happen? We live in a fallen world. That's why bad things happen. There's an enemy of our faith, the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. There, there are things that are coming against us trying to stop us. So yeah, you know what? There is something coming after us trying to keep us from walking in the promises of God. And people try to comfort themselves by saying, well, maybe God just doesn't want me to be this way. Instead of really, let me tell you something. For me, that you may think that's comforting. I don't think that's comforting at all. What, what's comforting in realizing that, 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 you know what? God may just decide any day, I don't want you to have this. I'm going to take that. I had a good friend who went to go minister to church. And um, as he was on his way to that church, they, 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 were, they had had a tragedy in the church and a young lady had lost their baby. And he got there to the church and he ministered on the truth of who God is, the nature of God. And in that process, they, he, he was teaching on the fact that God doesn't do bad things to us. God doesn't do those types of things. And the question became from her, well, what about me? Because I lost my child and, and you know, the elders of the church sat me down and said, well, God must have needed your baby in heaven. So now he took that baby. 
and he preached that, and they they got upset, and the elders sat him down and said, "Listen, you're you're destroying this woman's faith, this young lady's faith, and we've tried to comfort her." And he said, "Is that really what you think is comforting to her? Do you think what comforts her is really helpful to her? Because the truth is, what you're telling her is that God may give you something, but He may decide at any moment. You know what? I decided I want that, and I'm just going to take that from you." Is, does that establish in her a revelation of a God that she's going to want to serve? When she hits a hard time in her life and she's trying to decide, am I going to keep serving God or go my own way? How easy would it be for her to reject God because she's going to think back and go, you know what? Why am I even struggling and striving to try to serve you anyways? You don't love me. If you love me, you wouldn't have stolen from me my child. But if you would help her understand that truly that that child was lost because there's the enemy, the devil that's coming after us and he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy from our life. But God has come that we might have life and life more abundantly. If you would give her that truth, when she hits a hard place, she would continue to trust in God. See, some people, say they, they want to comfort themselves by saying, well, if I'm not walking in it, it must be because God doesn't want me to have it. Have it. That's not comforting to me. What's comforting to me is realizing that if I'm not walking in one of God's promises, the problem is me. The problem isn't God. Because if the problem is God's, I'm going to be honest, it doesn't comfort me because you and I, we can't change God's mind. But I can change my own mind. So that's comforting to me. When I realize that I'm the problem... That means there's something that, that I can address in my own life to get that out of the way. So somebody would hear that right now and then they're saying, are you saying that I'm the problem? Oh man, I'm going to rip it off like a band-aid. Yes. If we're not walking in the fullness of what God has for us, myself, present company included, myself included, I am the problem. I take respons full responsibility of that because if I don't take full, full responsibility, I don't have the power to change it. Some people would say, well, are you? does that mean you're trying to tell me that I'm lacking in faith? Lord, no, I'm not saying you're lacking in faith. No, I'm, that's not what I'm saying at all. Some people are going to, oh, okay, you're one of those now. You're going to tell me that it's just I don't have enough faith to get it. Okay, you're, that, that's the issue. No, I want to clear that up. I'm not saying that it's a lack of faith. I've heard that many times, but it's not the lack of faith. In fact, the Bible says in Mark 11:22, he says, Jesus said, have faith in God. Now, that has been translated the wrong way for such a long time. If the, if the core, the Greek understanding of that is not have faith in God, but it's have the faith of God. See, he had just cursed the fig tree and the disciples are saying, how do you do this stuff? And he said, listen, if you want to see something happen, have the faith of God. Not have faith in God, but actually have his faith on the inside of you. And now, right now you're thinking like, Whoa, this is crazy. What do you mean have God's faith? The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 3, I want to read it. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Not a measure of faith. He has dealt unto every man the measure of faith. So every single one of us, we have been given the measure of faith, the measure of faith, which means a specific measure of faith. Now, if he gave me a measure of faith, I want to understand what that measure is. And we find that in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. So he says, I live, but it's not even me that lives. It's Christ who is living in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live 
by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So God has dealt unto every single one of us the measure of faith. Say that, the measure of faith. That's right, the measure of faith. So he's given you the measure of faith. What measure? I live by the faith of the Son of God. So you and I, this is going to blow. When I heard it, my little religious brain just... God has given us the same measure of faith that Jesus Christ had. We have God's faith on the inside of us. And it's the measure that He had. That means we have dead raising, lame walking, blind seeing, deaf hearing, mountain moving faith on the inside of us. We already have faith. Now, just because we have that faith doesn't mean we're always expressing it because we, we have to make sure that we are, we are cultivating the part of us that can hinder that faith. But Jesus said in John 15, 7, he said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. If my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. But faith is a part of who we are. That's John 15, verse 7. Galatians 5, 22 actually tells us that faith is part of the fruit of the Spirit. Part of our born-again nature is faith. He has given us faith. Say, I have faith. There are so many people on the treadmill trying to get more faith. You don't need to get more faith. You need to understand that Jesus Christ has already given you faith. Amen? I, I, I am so blessed to know that God has given me faith, and I want you to be blessed in the same way. So understand, God has given you faith. Come on, say, I've got faith. Amen. Not just any kind of faith. I have the faith of Jesus. Now, I want to read a scripture to you. I was pulling the scripture up. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus is with a multitude, and there's a man who brings his son to him with a dumb spirit. And whosoever he, wherever he takes him, this spirit is taping, tearing at him. He's foaming and he's gnashing his teeth. He's, he's, he's being tormented by the spirit, all right? Um, and Jesus says, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Because what happens is, what happened is the disciples had ministered to this man but weren't able to help him. And they brought them, brought the this the the, the father and this boy to him. And when the when as soon as they saw Jesus, the spirit that was in him fell on the ground and he began foaming. And 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 straightway, and Jesus asked, How long has he been this way? And he said, Since he was a child. I'm I'm moving through it quickly. Verse 22. Oftentimes he cast him into the fire. The waters to destroy him. But if you could do anything, have compassion on us. Lord, help us. Verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All right, so first of all, he sets a foundation. You need help? If you can believe, all things are possible. Say that, all things. He didn't say some things are possible. He said all things are possible to believe. And straightway the father cried out and he said with tears in his eyes, he said, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Here's the problem. He said, I believe. That father, what a deep revelation this father has. Jesus says, if you can believe, anything's possible. And the father goes, I'm with you there and I believe, but I also need help because there's a part of me that doesn't believe. For you and I as new new covenant Christians, when you get a hold of this revelation, I tell you what, it's going to set you free. See, most people believe that faith and doubt are mutually exclusive. If you've got faith, there's no doubt. If you're in doubt, there is no faith. That's not how it works. This father says, Lord, I believe, 
but help my unbelief. I recognize there's a part of me that hears what you're saying and agrees with you, but there's also a part of me that is in doubt. And there's a part of me that's doubting what you're saying. So help me with the part that's not believing so I can experience all things being possible. That's what he says there. That's, that's what the Father is saying. So doubt and faith can coexist at the same time. That's the truth. See, the reason it can is because faith resides in your born-again spirit. But doubt resides in your mind, in your thinking, in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So you can be a born-again believer full of the nature and the life of God. You can have faith in your, in your spirit, which you do, that God is a healer. When? Every time God's a healer. But the devil can tell you, well, your brain can think, well, maybe God is a healer. Maybe God isn't a healer. Maybe I'm struggling with that. And so you've got faith in here, but the doubt that is right here, it filters out the faith of God. That's what that does. The, the doubt up here blocks that faith from being expressed in your life. How in the world, if healing is given to everyone and it's free for everybody and it's done for everybody, it's already done, just like Jesus, when it comes to your sin, He's not going to die on the cross again for you. He's already done it. It's already done. It's finished. It's completed. If that's the case, that means sickness is already done. It's completed. If you're not walking in it, it's not because Jesus Christ hasn't done it. It's not because He doesn't want to give it to you. It's because somewhere in your thinking, you have been lied to by the enemy. It's all right. Don't, don't, this is not a condemning word. This is a word of encouragement. Because this is a word that tells you, let me tell you something. God wants to do something about it. God wants to do something about it. In fact, in 3 John, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou wouldest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Understand this here. He said, Beloved, I wish that thou wouldest prosper and be in health. I want you to prosper, that means financially, and I want you to be healthy. Even as your soul prospers, he says, I want you to prosper in your finances, prosper in your life. I want you to have wholeness in your life, and I want you to have healing in your body. But it's going to happen even as your soul prospers. You're going to prosper to the level of your soul prosperity. So if your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions has not prospered to the place that your soul is convinced that God loves you, God has healed you, God wants to prosper you, guess what? Your faith won't flow into that even though it's the will of God. The enemy will use that doubt in your mind to hinder the will of God. It's amazing. Born-again believers that are born with the capacity to see resurrection life the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the same power and life that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now dwells in my mortal body, in your mortal body. We have resurrection power in us. If we have resurrection power in us, why aren't we seeing resurrections? It's because our mind has reasoned it away. The doubt in our mind. We are so full of the concepts of this world. We are so full of this world's reality. We are so full of this world's thinking that the concepts of God seem so far out, so unreachable. And we have we've just said, you know what? I guess it's I, I guess it's not for me. As long as you believe it's not for you, it won't be for you. You've got to listen, the, I said this in our last our last podcast. The Bible says that his word is settled in the heavens. It's settled. His word is his will. Do you understand? His word, what he has declared, his his words are the will of God. God's will is settled in the heavens. He's not upstairs right up, up in heaven right now, looking down, making decisions. I don't know, maybe this one, maybe that one. No, it's already settled. 
His will is settled in the heavens. We've got to get His will settled in our minds. When we get His will settled in our minds, we will walk in the fullness of what God has for us. And I want that for you. I want you to walk in the fullness. It's easy for us to pass blame onto somebody else. Well, I'm not blessed because of my parents. I'm, 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 I'm not blessed because of this. I've got issues in my life. Uh, it's all of these things. It's somebody else's issue. It's not my problem. Or we just simply say, we just we pull the, the, the God card and go, well, I guess God doesn't want me to have it. That's a cop-out. I know that sounds rough, but it's a cop-out. And I can say that because I've said it before in my own life before, before the Holy Spirit challenged me. It's a cop-out. That's not true. God's already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. That's what the book of Ephesians says. He has given unto us everything that pertains to life and godliness through Christ Jesus. So everything that, that, that you need, it comes through Christ, and it's already yours. He's given you everything that you need. If you're not walking in it, it's because we haven't believed it. There are areas in my life where I, I recognize i still got to get my mind renewed so that I can walk in the fullness of what God has for me. The only thing that can stop the promises of God are me. The only thing that can limit God in my life is me. Not the devil, not my family, not my friends. God is, His divine grace is on full blast blowing toward our lives right now, flowing just a stream of grace over us right now. And if you want to receive it and walk in it, all you got to do is say, yes, Lord, I receive it, it's mine. But you got to quit believing the lie of the enemy that God doesn't want you to have it because it is surely a lie and the devil wants to use it to trip you up. But God's got better for you. So you need to shut out that unbelief, all right? You've got faith. You've got the faith to walk in healing right now. That's the truth. You've got the faith on the inside of you. Hopefully down the road, we're, I know we're going to get more into this about the understanding that we already have the faith of God. We're going to address some questions you may have about that. But I really want you to understand today that you've got faith. The only thing that can stop you from walking in God's promises is doubt and unbelief. That's a good word because you can change that. You can get rid of unbelief. In fact, in our next podcast next week, we're going to revisit this and we're going to discuss how we deal with unbelief in our life. But right now what I want to do is I want to pray for you. I want to pray right now that, that you'll experience God's blessings, that you'll experience God's redemptive work, that you'll recognize Holy Spirit right now. Help us to recognize in our life areas where we have allowed the enemy to deceive us. Help us to shut those lies out, those thoughts out right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, bring us to the revelation truth that, that unlocks the door to victory. Lord, I don't want anything that you've provided for me to be left on the table. Lord, I, I, don't, I don't want to miss out on anything that belongs to me, and I don't want anyone listening right now to miss out as well. So Holy Spirit, I ask you right now, touch, heal, and deliver. Bring revelation truth Open up our minds right now. Open up our hearts to receive this truth right now. We could understand that you have already healed us and set us free. By your stripes, we were healed. 1 Peter 2.23, past tense, already done. It's our promise. We believe it. We're not going to listen to any lies. We're not going to. Symptoms do not have more power than what your word says. We believe what you say above what we experience in our life. And when we do that, your word changes our experience because truth changes facts. There may be a fact in your life that the doctor has declared a report over you, but the truth of God's word will change the facts. And I pray that's what he's doing right now. No matter what diagnosis has been declared over you, 
no matter what symptoms you're experiencing, I pray right now that the Holy Spirit will touch you, heal you, and make you whole right now. I, I declare healing in your life. I declare revelation truth in your life. Let this word come alive in you. I pray that it will explode on the inside of you and you'll recognize, you'll recognize that God is a God who loves you and a God who has already healed you and made you whole. We receive your finished work right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So glad you tuned in. I pastor New Life Bible, uh, Abiding Church. I'm sorry, Abiding Church. I used to be a minister at a church called New Life Bible Church. I pastor Abiding Church that's located in Woodstock, Georgia. We have services on Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We are a church full of the Holy Spirit. We are a church full of the power of God. We let God do whatever He wants to do. I invite you to come out, sit under the Word, be transformed. We also have a school of the supernatural. This is a free school that's available to anyone who wants to come visit. It's Sunday nights at 6 p.m. It's a partnership between our school and our Bible college, Believers College. And in these classes, we teach believers how to walk in the fullness of what God has for them. You don't want to miss it. They are powerful times. We come together. We worship. We are taught the Word. We're encouraged with testimonies. We pray for each other. We have activations because the truth is, I don't want you to come and just hear the Word. We're training you to walk in the Word. So if, you, if you're saying, you know what, I know there's something more that God has for me and you want to be trained in that, come on out and join us for the School of the Supernatural. I believe it's going to be transformational for your life. I love you. God loves you. He has great things in store for you. Have a great week. Join us next week for our podcast. I believe it's going to transform your life. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. I pray that you are blessed, encouraged, and given hope to grow into all that God has for you. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, please like, subscribe, and share it with your family and friends. And don't forget to join us for our next podcast. And remember, no matter what things look like with God, all things are possible.